Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Welcome citizens, Flobo Boys here. New Amsterdam Radio is the name of the show and Thank you. Welcome. Appreciate you not only listening to this program, but telling your friends about it and sharing the program. That's how the, the show grows. If I'm being honest with you, if you haven't already, make sure you follow us on the Instagram at New Amsterdam and on that Twitter, new underscore Amsterdam. So my couple of weeks have been a little stressful. You guys know I get involved with so many things, but as you can hear right now, my phone has been off the hook the past couple days with just emails and leads for jobs. And and that's great. Don't get me wrong. I like the creative projects too. Gigs and jobs are great, but sometimes Flobito wants to play. And playing has been so much fun for me. Opened up so many doors, like my uh, comedy novelty single, Alone in the Club, or finishing my memoir, Graduation Day, now available now on Amazon. But my guest this week is all about play. Dave Moxley, a voice artist extraordinaire. In fact, that's how he met in, well, I can't say in real life, but outside of the shows when we were on an audio drama panel underneath this network that had audio dramas he and I were on. In other words, we were studio mates, and being able to chat with him then was pretty fun, and I saw that he came across my social media algorithm, I decided to reach out. Dave Moxley is a treasure and a half. I'm so glad I got him on the show. He's a get. <laughs> In the meantime, let me know what you think about this episode and all the other episodes. If you're not already following Twitter handles, but you can follow me personally, at Voice on Twitter. Just say, hey, listen to New Amsterdam, hear my thoughts, I read all the comments. And if you're listening to the sound of my voice, you haven't already, drop me a review. Five stars. You know, five stars is what I like. Five stars is what I need. Five stars is what I crave. But without any further ado, my chat with Dave Moxley. So I, I've been on this voice, I've been on this voiceover journey for uh well over 15 to 20 years. And uh, but at first I didn't know I was on a voiceover journey because you know I was always that guy who was doing the goofy voices like live from the operating room, you know, just because I work in the operating room. <laughs> That was my job. Here? Yeah, and, and, that, and that that that's been my job for the past twenty nine years. But you know, I did it in the military, and then I got out, and then I started doing this stuff. But my ex wife and I, we went to church one day, and like I said, I I you know I thought I was going to catch on fire walking through the doors because it had been such such a long time since I'd been there. I thought God yeah. was going to strike me down as soon as I sat down. You know, <laughs> who the hell uh, is that? <laughs> right. So they had this church bulletin, and um, what it was is this company called time capsule nutrition which is no longer open so apparently my commercial that i did for him didn't do that well um <laughs> so anyway uh they need an impression of arnold schwarzenegger and uh what's his name sylvester stallone as rocky you know in, in the rocky voice it was it was really you know you know when you're getting a little punchy you know you need a pick me up <laughs> and uh it was it was something as simple as that i had to call the guy interview on the phone you know i did the audition for him and then you know, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger one was, I can't even say his name now because I think I'm trying to talk too fast. But uh, I was like, you know, when I want to take Maria somewhere very special, you know, I, I take it to Time Capsule Nutrition. Come on, you have to go. Come on. You know, that that kind of stuff. Yeah. And 
so I auditioned for it, got the parts, you know, and then I went into the studio. It was Bot Radio Station in um, Kansas City with uh, Ken Monroe was this was the uh, studio manager there. And Ken, if you're listening, if you come across this, how you doing? It's been a while, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, no, but he's a great guy. And I went in there, did the voices, and he's like. I don't know if I have ever, you know, the guy sounded like Frank Gifford, you know, I, yeah. I was like, what's going on here? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought he was, I thought he was messing with me. And right. I started doing it back and he's like, oh, what, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> and the guy, the owner of the store was like, um, I don't think you should be doing that, but <laughs> uh, right. oh, he's not making fun of me. I, that's how he always is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I went in, you know, went in there, did my two 30 second spots, made $400. And I was like, and that was back in, you know, the early 2000s, maybe 2001, 2002. And I was just like, man, there must be something to this, you know, uh, like, you know, because you can take those goofy voices that you did. Because like when I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of friends because I lived on a farm. You know, my only friends were 600 head of cattle that we got in every morning to milk. And this is back in Maryland because that's where I'm from. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I would, you know, give the different cows, you know, different voices and stuff like this. And one cow in particular I had because I had helped pull him when he was born because he was in a lot of distress and we brought him into the house and his name was Hamburger. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's Kind of sadistic, right? But anyway, yeah. Hamburger used to sleep with me at night and then, uh, you know, we'd wake up in the morning and you got to realize this is back in, oh my God, I'm going to really date myself here, 1980, 1981, something like that. Okay. And, um, you know, Hamburger was my little cousin. Hamburger had a little voice like this, you know, he would just... He would just walk around because he'd follow you around like a dog. What are you doing? Where are you going? Can you feed me? And but and, <laughs> yeah. so and my mom and my dad were just like, what does matter with this child? You know, I was like, well, I had to make up my friends because, you know, I didn't have any. And yeah. I would make up my own voices and have my own conversations. People thought I was crazy half the time. And it was much like that, you know. And then when I got older and then into the military and I had met my ex-wife and all this other stuff, I, you know. I was trying to pursue this voiceover career, but she just pretty much shot it down. He's like, does that feed the family? And at that point it didn't because I was in Kansas city at this point. Okay. And yeah. Kansas city is the market is probably about like maybe that big, you know? Right. And right. and there's three guys. It's like the mafia. Like you're trying to do voices over here. Huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, we're not going to do that. All right. And yeah. um, I was like, okay. So it was a voiceover mafia. <laughs> yeah, and but so, I mean, it's not only jump, jumping in here, but I, mean, I guess that's probably why no, she's her ex-wife. But having someone in her team saying "Don't do it," that's kind of weird. Like it's kind of like, but it's a dream of mine. Hey, let me try yeah, and fail. And, but there, but there's always going to be that one person who's scared that you're going to be successful at it and then leave them. Little did she know she was absolutely correct. Because mm -hmm. if I did hit, I was I was out, boy. You know, because she was she was something else. Right. But we're not here to talk about her. We're here to talk about me. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Dave, you're so glorious. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> now that, that's that's the thing about actors that I've learned because you know my uh, soon-to-be wife is in the business as well, and uh, I get to meet a lot of her clients, and you know there's a whole bunch of people that I get to meet all the time, and then they're not little names, you know, but uh, you know these guys, you see them on TV, and they're this one character, but when you meet them in person, they're totally different. I mean, like these guys are like family members to us, but then yeah. when I see them do these characters out there, I'm like. Damn, they're good. Can I, like, mild, mild cursing? Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So I'm like, damn, these guys are cool. And then I, you know, I'll sit there and talk to them about it. And they're just like, yeah, it's just, it's my job. I'm like, screw you. It's your job right. to get paid that much to just, like, be somebody else? And I was like, and then it really hit because I, I moved out to L.A. three years ago. 
-hmm. And that's, you know, I had no intention of doing voiceover or anything because I was just trying to get my feet on the ground. And because you know what the life is out here. It's just yes. hard. Yep. And, you know, if, if you're not somebody, you hang around with somebody. If that somebody knows somebody else. It's like being famous adjacent or like, you know, rich adjacent because, you know, everybody has a friend in the hills and who mm -hmm. who doesn't like going to their house, you know, you know, and it's how you get there to that level. And you just kind of like, I want to do that, I think, you know, so I started pursuing voiceover and, you know, I answered uh, James's call to the audio dramas and just, you know, got my feet wet. And then, you know, um, was it Marcos? I, yeah, I believe Papa Dacos, Pop, yeah. Pop, and then snap it up. Anyway, so he had actually contacted me through James and we did an interview and I was just like, and then of course it was, it was in print. It wasn't in, you know, like we're doing here. Right. And I was thinking that felt kind of good to be sought after. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm just going to give this thing, you know, that one last try. And I, so I started doing it, got my commercial demo made after many, 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 many classes. Cause you know, any, anybody can read copy, but the trick is, reading the copy and not making it sound like you're reading the copy right. like we're having a conversation right now that's what it's supposed to sound like right you know but my but my main problem was is i had the announcer voice you know coming next on you know like that guy the, the promo guy like the, the old don lafontaine you know in a world you know world, because yeah. that's my age that's what i grew up with and that's what i thought advertising was and but you know the dynamic has shifted i'm sure everybody has seen that and that was that was my biggest problem. I could not get the just a regular guy read because you know I have my conversational skills while I'm reading was like, I just can't read this from here and tell you that I'm going to say hello. And, you know it wasn't right. It was it was so stammered. I was like, like okay. And then I, one of my coaches told me they're like, okay, so you're having a conversation with somebody. What's the one thing that you want them to take away from what you're trying to talk about? And you know I did a few reads, did a few reads, did did my demo finally got picked up by an agency and through that agency, I got, you know, a video game, um, some uh, like fantasy stuff, some cartoon characters, some, you know, actually some commercial work. From it. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it was just, and like, it's so funny cause I was getting shot down, you know, I was on voices.com, not say anything bad about them, but I had done well over 200 auditions before I even got one little hit, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was getting frustrated and I started answering Craigslist ads and I was just kind of like, man, come on. Yeah. What's it take? But right. then I realized it takes learning your craft, you know, to do what you need to do. And, you know, I was everything always really came easy to me, like, you know, sports or academics or anything like that. But this acting thing, since I never took any acting classes when I was growing up and starting on this journey, it was just kind of like, man, what what's going on here? You know, yeah. it can't be that hard. You know, I see all these actors like and some of them are terrible and some are working every day of their lives, you know, and getting these movies and TV shows and like the commercials like, you know, the Morgan Freeman who's been working for, you know, forever. Yeah. yeah. And and the guy's doing commercial work now for voiceover. He's like taking work away from the voiceover guys, you know, but, you know, the only ones they're not taking work away. Well, that's not true because the actors are now entering animation, like with all the big name shows, you know, and it's kind of like, mm. Mm, okay mm. <laughs> this so, is so just we, just got that much harder <laughs> that's what i'm saying a lot of my voice actor friends are saying that like is it is it there's a skill in having many voices and, and being great a voice actor but it seems now to lower the risk of animated properties just to get a celebrity have them be themselves like the celebrities right. aren't even voice acting in that sense they're kind of just saying 
I'm reading it as you were saying. I you were reading copy before you took the your training. Yeah. It's like it's kind of surreal. But yeah. uh we, we talk about craft and building craft. I mean, what does that look like? Yeah, you can go to a class here and there, but what about other things? Uh, do you like work out a certain way? Do you eat certain things? How do you uh make sure the instrument's in top form? Well, the one thing that I drink a lot of is Perrier. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Did <laughs> <Right? laughs> I pay this? <laughs> Because it, it cleans out the inside of your mouth because the bubbles are effervescent. And, sure. um, you know, and it just like it, it's a palate cleanser. It keeps you from getting those weird clicks and sounds. And it's like it takes away a lot of everything, it allows you to articulate your words better, you know, because you concentrate on it. But um, you, you take a sip, do a line, hit pause on your recording, take another sip, do another line, and then you edit it all together, you know, like you do, like the little studio magic, yeah. like they always say. But, um, you know, it's just I, I don't eat a lot of uh, fatty foods, even though I'd like to. Um, I do eat a lot of fruit, um, you know, but it, it's just basically taking care of your instrument. You know, you don't want to eat something. You know, you don't want to have hot sauce every day. You know, right. you don't want to smoke. You don't want to, you know, drink too much alcohol. Anything that can, you know, deteriorate your vocal cords or kind of mess them up for you. But excuse me, but that's the bad thing about that. The bubbles <laughs> makes you burp. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, uh, it's just, um, I don't know. It's just how you would take care of yourself normally. You know, I take vitamins every day, especially with now with the uh, COVID and Delta variant. And, you know, I heard there was a Lambda variant okay. now. I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. But, you know, stay away from people as much as I can. You know, I do have to go to work every day. You know, I, I have my survival job, as they call it. Mm -hmm. And then I, because, you know, I have to have benefits and stuff and voice acting at this point. Since I'm not SAG, I'm still non-union. Um you know, hopefully that changes soon. But, you know, I, I go to work every day and I, I do wear a mask, you know, in my profession as well as, you know, out in public. Um, so it's just a really common sense stuff. You know, if something, you know, like, because I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever smoked or not, but because I used to. Well, it's 14. Go, yeah, right. <laughs> so you go out to the bar, you have a few drinks, and then you end up smoking a pack of cigarettes. And then the next morning you sound like this guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's, it's no good. You know, if, if you want to have a, a career in voiceover or any type of acting or whatever, you know, like is, you know, of course, unless you're like, um, what's his name? Oh, the guy that was married to Madonna. What's his name? Guy Ritchie? No, no, no. The older, the before. Joe DiMaggio? That's my other row. Whoops. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I, Sean Penn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's sexy beast. You know, that guy is, uh, I think he's kin to Keith Richards, actually, because okay. he, he's never going to die, you know, but, you know, he'd smoke, he'd drink and all this other stuff. And he'd still show up to set licking those hairs that's all up here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just a matter of taking care of yourself. It's common sense. You know, you work out and you do all that stuff because, you know, I I was I was up there for a while. I was up to 240 pounds and I'm down now back okay. down to 200. Thank God. But, you know, Pilates, yoga. <laughs> running and not eating like a pig <laughs> uh, i mean that's those are bona fide reasons i mean <laughs> yeah I, I did a, i did a lot of chicken and avocados that's for sure and yeah then, that's uh, the, the fourth tablet third tablet of the bible the, third, right. third just eat the wolverine diet just boiled chicken and some kind of vegetable that's, that's right. how you do it. and and it worked but uh it, it does work and i have to get back on that i went to vegas last weekend and i totally did the opposite of that hey. <laughs> i totally ate every but that so I, I totally get it yeah uh, so i just realized you had a bit of a vacation too uh recently and i was yeah. going to ask you as a human being what one where'd you go but are you a vacation often got to recharge or are you kind of like a vacation hard when you get out there every once in a while kind of guy 
Uh, well, I take a vacation to recharge. And, and the reason you have to do that is you have to get out of your element because there's always something to do. And you have to pick a vacation spot to where, you know, and, you know, I did I did the SeaWorld thing. I did the the San Diego Zoo. We went to uh, Pacific Terrace. If you're ever in San Diego, I highly suggest that place. It's like this little boutique hotel right on the beach. Uh, the rooms are absolutely amazing. We got a ground floor room. The pool was right off to our right. And then the bar was behind the pool. So that was kind of nice. We had the, yes, absolutely. We had a, you know, my, uh, my fiance and I definitely had a few drinks, you know, not too many to where you get stupid, but just enough to where you can sit back, relax. And just like, yeah, you know, but, um, and then we took the kids with us. So there wasn't that much relaxing, but when we had the opportunity to, we sure did. (laughs) I'm hungry. (laughs) And then after we went there, we stayed there for like two days. And then we went to this place in Ramona, California. It was called the two wishes homestead. And if you haven't heard of it before, I highly suggest you look it up. (laughs) But, um, so, um, like I said, we stayed in this little Airbnb and they had goats, chickens, ducks, bunnies, pigs. And, uh, you know, the kids got to get out. It was like, it was like a petting zoo that was right next to us. It was pretty great. And the owners lived on the other side of the property and they were so gracious and so very, very nice. Um, it was Don and Jamie. Um, but like I said, if you ever get a chance to look it up, it's on Airbnb. It's called two wishes homestead. It was just absolutely amazing. I have some drone shots. I have some inside shots that I took. And I think, I think I posted them all on my Facebook page, but, um, yeah. And it was so important. And the reason we ended up going to San Diego and then, um, Ramona was because we were supposed to go to Hawaii and stand at, stay at the uh, Grand Wailea in Maui. And, but (laughs) I tell you what, kids will kill a vacation in a heartbeat, but it was, it wasn't really them that did it per se, but it was their school because they, they had sent out an email like a week prior to us leaving to go to Maui saying any child that travels outside the state of California would have to quarantine for the first 14 days of school. Oh, hell hell no, I ain't doing that. Right. And then, uh, so we changed our plans and, uh, you know, I cried a little bit. Um, (laughs) but so we rescheduled it for next July, but, um, you know, it would have been amazing. I had surf lessons all lined up. You know, we had the luau that we're going to go to and this grand Wailea has like seven different swimming pools, a lazy river, a you know, swim up bar. And then, the beach is right out there when there's like little cabanas out there, but it was just, I was so hyped for it. It was, it was a pretty much a soul crusher when I, when I knew that we weren't going, I was like, yeah. <sighs> trying to make it work. Like we'll, we'll Craigslist babysitters. Wait, that's a bad idea. Fine. We'll just change. <laughs> we'll just change where we're going to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we had given it about a split second thought about having the kids just go to their dads for the week. Right. And then Jen and I would go. But I was like, well, it'd be kind of a, well, Jen actually brought it up. I didn't because she's much more thoughtful than myself. She's like, well, it's Riley's birthday. I was like, oh, right. Fair enough. Anyway. <laughs> you know? uh, you're the one I love, right? Yeah. And, and, and I love the kids dearly. And I, you know, I couldn't deep down do that to me or do that to them because, you know, they're young. They're, they're 13 and 10. Okay. And where, if it were my boys, because, you know, they're 25 and 23. Right. I'd have been like, peace, dude. I'm out. Right, right. You'll <laughs> <Yeah>. understand. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, like when you get older and able to afford a vacation like that, you go right ahead. Right. But, but July out. is happening. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> <You know? laughs> he found a mic and dropped it. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's 2021. I mean, it feels like it's and in some ways it's a year ahead, a year forward, but a lot of the the tendrils of 2020 was 
still there. What has been your experience as we try to get out of a pandemic? Or are you still in survival mode? Where do you are? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's hard to say because I haven't really fully processed because, you know, I've been in the healthcare field for 29 years. And I know when they say the word pandemic, that's not a light thing. You know, that right. means global, you know, virus infections and, you know, people dying and, you know, over 4 million people have passed away from this disease mm -hmm. or the, from this virus. And, you know, I, we, we've had some close family friends that have actually passed away. And, you know, I've had some family or still have some family, you know, I have some family members that are, I'm not going to call them anti-vaxxers, but they're very strongly suggesting that they're not going to get it. Yeah. And, you know, and which, which is fine. You know, I respect their decisions, but man, it's, it's a scary thing. But, you know, as far as me working, you know, I've got my space to work in right here. You yeah. know, it, and a lot of the uh, commercial business has picked up simply because of that, because nobody's going into studios and not everybody has a setup like this. You know, it's, you know, I invested some money because, and for some reason, my, my good mic isn't working right now with, with this particular platform, but that's, but that's okay. Um, yeah. I'm using, actually using my webcam. That's why it sounds kind of muffled or, you know, kind of tinny right now. I'm sure. It I does. loved it. Oh yeah. Great. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I invest in some money and you know, I got the Neumann TLM 102 and then I've got the Apollo twin preamp and then each one of them is going to run you, run you some bucks. So, I mean, like if you, if you don't have it, don't spend it. But, you know, I've been saving up for a while. You know, I, I got lucky enough to get some gigs to where I could afford it. Right. And it, it's paying off dividends because I've already paid them off, you know, I don't know, a lot over. But, um, you know, that's just the thing, you know, having the right equipment, having the right space, you know, and, you know, trying to soundproof as much as you can. Because you're never really going to fully soundproof unless you build like a whisper room, which are, you know, you're looking at, what, eight, nine thousand dollars. Yeah, I would say, yeah, thousands, easy. Because yeah, I've, I've looked at them, I was just like... Man. And then plus, you know, if you have it up, because, you know, we don't own the place that we're in right now. But, you know, when I do have a space that we can call our own, I'm I'm sure as hell going to build one because there there is a difference. That there's less editing that you have to do. You know, you, your noise floor is way lower, you know, because, you know, most of the time right now we're running what, 60 to 70 or minus 60 to 70 for a noise floor. And, you know, mm -hmm. you want to be, you know, that and that's in an open room. But then like you get a room like this, I'm running probably like minus 20 minus 30 something like that yeah so and it makes it a lot easier to edit and then you know to get the little like you know the ambient room noise and all that other stuff but you know just investing in the equipment isn't enough either so you've got to constantly learn you know read copy read a cereal box read you know anything you know it's just like like oh this is the most delicious box of pop tarts i've ever seen in my life you know but <laughs> But you don't want to, you know, because you go start sliding into the thirst now because like you're just, it's, it's so yummy, you know. Right. You don't right. want to do that. <laughs> it's delectable. Yes. Like if I was talking, man, have you had the new pop tarts? Oh, dude, they're delicious. It's got the strawberry frosting, the sprinkles, the filling is just amazing. Oh man, the 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 crust around the bread. Oh god, you know, that's what people want to hear because I'm like they want to get talked into it. They don't like sold it. Because if you come out and somebody look, it's only twenty six dollars. Yeah, they don't want that because yeah. they feel threatened and like especially. And I have especially nowadays because you know people are so sensitive. True. You know they they can't take criticism. They don't want to feel any kind of pressure. So you have to take the pressure off, and that's where the real read came from. You know because everybody thought they were getting talked down to because they were stupid. You mm -hmm. know it's just it's not it's not that they're stupid. It's just that's how you used to sell stuff back then. You know that's how you got people's attention. You know, the used car dealers thing.
So. Yeah, uh, same, with, <laughs> uh, same with comedy. I feel like there was a time where we were trained to, to tell jokes and to give old people an experience to laugh at. Uh, but it's a bit of not, it's a shift. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not. It's a thing. Right, right. Uh, the shift now is to be more relatable. Now you're seeing mm-hmm. more and more comics being like, you know, growing up in the mean streets of Pennsylvania. Like it's this whole right, thing right. now. And it's if you're caught in the middle, because like. I'm that age where I should be doing the latter, but my influences are the former. I'm talking Seinfeld. Right. I'm talking Jay Leno. It's like, well, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how to make that work. That's, that makes it sound for me. I'm not just opening up for opening up sake because the whole mm. sensibilities have changed. I totally get it. Yeah, could, could you imagine using the material from like the 80s and 90s nowadays? Oh my like, god! I mean, what the what the response will be like? The you know how many you know <laughs> sensitivity groups would there be for this? Or Larry Kevin guy wouldn't exist. He, he would not exist at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just kind of like, yeah, yeah, building ball. Yeah, I totally know what you mean, man. It, 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 it's 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 constantly changing. It's hard to put what is hot now as far as what people are wanting and trending. Right. Like even sitcoms. I love the fact of a multicam with a laugh track because it was like junk food. If you're home mm-hmm. alone with no friends, people laughing on TV was great. But right, one day exactly. we decided, oh, we don't want to be told when to laugh. And then all right. these sitcoms are just people having movies and depressing, but with something that's supposed to be funny happening at the same time. It's a weird thing. Yeah, that's and you funny. hear that deafening silence and the crickets. You're like, oh, yeah. crap. Cut <laughs> to. <laughs> right? Just, just random. So um, moving on, set change, cameras, go. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I used to work on, I used to work for Fox back in the day. Uh, not the name drop, though. But yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was on New Girl season three oh, wow. and and the new girl when that came out that was like really the really the biggest single cam in that generation because all people right. that grew up with was Zoe Deschanel but it was just so eerie to be on a set have people tell jokes no response no action and go cut that was good let's move on you're <laughs> like right. where, where's the humor right. <laughs> you know it's just like, weird. am I supposed to laugh I mean was that was that funny you would have felt like it felt like in in, in, in the, everyone has this. You go to a party and there's an old uncle or old dad that spins those jokes. You know they aren't funny, but you got to be nice. So you're like, right. ha! <laughs> That's what it felt like the entire time. Awkward, awkward as heck. Uh, but it's not about me because it's not about me. Some of my own past job. <laughs> no, dude, it, it's amazing. So uh, you're you're a DJ and right. I mean that's that's a mobile DJ. Yep. All right, mobile DJ. Um, I, I was a mobile DJ myself back in high school, which was fun. Uh, Tom Gavin DJ delights. I'm sure the guy's dead, so I don't have to worry about any copyright issues. But anyway, um, <laughs> he's not going to come back and get me. But the, so what's your best DJ story? Because, you know, I had a bunch of them because I was a teenager. I was in high school rolling around with yeah. my, you know, PVCS 800 amp, the two 18 inch scorpions, and then two technique turntables and a box full of LPs. I, yeah. You know, I, I was old school. I didn't have the laptop or anything like this. And, you know, but so, you know, I got a lot of girls phone numbers because I was 16, 17 years old. And that's the the parties he would give me to. And then some college parties and I would DJ like dinner cruises and all this other stuff. You know, back in the day when you're spinning the records, come on up here and let me know what you want to listen to, because I'm sure going to play it for you. And then yeah. the tip jars on the right, by the way, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there's a bunch of stories. I'm I'm sure you have a bunch from you know your days of doing it, and then how did how, get I I have to hear one for my own personal game oh, because oh, you know 
oh this yeah this is your well, show too so what, what it's funny because like the, the first couple of years that i was a mobile dj and and for those who don't are familiar mobile dj means like i basically bring everything to the event i set it up i play and i move down like how djs go to a club i am the club basically um right. I, the first couple of years i was doing socal i had a girlfriend so i got flirted with all the time but my stupid faithful ass <laughs> was like, no, I have someone at home. But now uh, when I'm single, I, I nod, but I'm at, I'm at work. I'm at a wedding. Right. But I will say the weirdest story I've ever had, and I love telling a story because it's awkward. It, this should be in a sitcom. Uh, was, uh, <laughs> there is a venue called Casa de Cielo, Cielo, and it's on top of a hilltop in Malibu. Uh-huh. And uh, you have to basically get a, a bus. I, took, I drove a bus up this hill because it's, it's, it's like this perilous dirt road. So you're basically stuck there the entire right. time. And uh, you know, I'm running the toast, and toast is when you say, "Hey, ladies and gentlemen, these are people who want to say things." The best man, blah, 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 blah. and the best man at this wedding uh, decided, in in true Hallmark movie fashion, to confess his love to the bride at her reception. Oh, you wow. chose wrong. It should have been me. Don't you can tell I love you, fudge. You know. Oh and my God. It wasn't a movie, so the bride didn't go. You're <laughs> right, Brad. She was like, "What are you doing?" Right. And so it awkward and he had to sit there on this hilltop for the next right. four or five hours because there's no buses there so he shot a shot total air ball did that yeah. and i had to grab the microphone it was like all right moving on yeah. and you're like you go sit behind the curtain and have a drink go yeah. <laughs> city, man. i didn't know what was he thinking um but yeah that was the most terrifying time as a dj for oh, sure my lord because <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because everybody that i that I you know that DJs has a story like that, or you know like you know the 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 bride's mom got drunk and hit on me, or you know like this you know like the the sister to the bride or whatever. It's something like whenever alcohol is involved in an environment like that, the emotions are high. You know everybody's wanting to get obliterated because you know it's the one time of year that it's acceptable. You know <laughs> if that besides sure. New Year's Eve and like even now you can't do anything on New Year's Eve except sit home and watch the ball drop right uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what it is <laughs> and and then watch everybody at the super spreader events so it's amazing um, yeah by the way are you going to the new sofi stadium in la <laughs> football season's coming up <laughs> right yeah now um who's your team is it an la houston. based team or houston okay. yeah uh i'm from brooklyn so of course no uh when yeah, I, I that was makes sense <laughs> yeah, I, totally. I was a Jets fan when I was a kid. Uh, Mets and Jets, right? But uh, Vinny Testaverde ruined that team for me. I just hated him. And uh, at the time, when I was in high school, so 2002, 2003, I just picked a team that had no playbook that was brand new that no one could say I was a Fairweather fan. So I just moved right. over to Houston, started rooting for them. But when the XFL was around <laughs> the second right, time, right. <laughs> I, I was a New York Guardians fan. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, being a Baltimore guy, you know, I was a Colts fan growing up. And then in 80, was it 83 or 84, they just up and left to Indianapolis, mm-hmm. like right in the middle of the night. And I was like, oh, man. And then, you know, poor poor Cincinnati. Or no, was it Cincinnati? Cleveland. Cleveland. You know, they lost their teaming and they come to Baltimore and now they're the Ravens. But uh, so it's kind right. of funny that you said Testa Ready because I believe he was on the Browns, wasn't he? Uh, I believe one so. Point time. Yeah, I, I, think just, that's good... I, I shook it from my memory. <laughs> right. Well, I think I think he was probably around that time where he moved from Cleveland to Baltimore, and then they very quickly traded him off when they found out, you know, he wasn't that great for the team. Yeah. But uh, you know, I've, I'm I've always been a Baltimore everything fan because you know I, I grew up there. You know, even though you can't tell that I'm actually from Baltimore anymore because I've lost my Baltimore accent, which Congrats. is have, have, yeah, right. You you've heard the Baltimore accent, right? I, I have, yeah. 
yeah, it's like you know everything's down there by the water. You know, it's not water. It's not <laughs> yeah, W A E R. It's W O O D R. Right, like, water. Water over there. You know, everything's over there. There's no hard sounds at it at all. You know, yeah. And everything's you know gets water out the zinc. I'm like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh. You know, and the only time that that accent comes out is like if I'm on the phone having a beer with my brother. You know, right. Me too. Yeah, I'm like, it comes out really hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is kind of a sidebar here. I'm not telling that about me again, but I, I have to do this. I, I wrote this book no, this, yeah. this summer. Uh, it's called Graduation Day, and I want uh, to do an audiobook version. And I'm from Brooklyn, and so I said I'm looking for someone with a New York accent. And I completely forgot that inside the city there are like totally neighborhood accents. So there's right. guys from Bay Ridge, like, "Hey, yo, bada boom!" You know how I'm beat. You're like, I don't. I never talk. <laughs> no, I mean, like nobody really speaks like that in new york anymore because nobody's yeah. really from new york like, if you walk down the streets of manhattan you go hey how you doing yeah somebody's exactly. like what the hell's the matter with you you yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> you want a shrimp i'm from michigan yes <laughs> right <laughs> like but uh you know because i have my my niece actually lives out there in uh i think she's in the bronx i believe oh, either yeah. brooklyn or the bronx whatever but They're you know she's this, this is a sweet little girl from kansas you know she's very very midwest but then she got out there and she just, you know, got totally immersed in the in the culture because she's a photographer and she meets all these artistic types. And now she's got like the short blonde hair and like the like the frilly, like long flowered dress. I'm like, wow, Maddie, you really have uh, assimilated well to the you know, to the art culture. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm so happy for her because she was kind of a shut in. She was, you know, a homeschool kid. And and I think that's really what did it to her. She just went out there and just went. Right. Yeah, I was like, good for you. <laughs> that was when I came to LA. I was, well, I would say this. As a kid from Brooklyn going to Florida in, mm. in when I was 18, that was a, the opening up of like the South and what that meant. Because North yep. Florida is very South Georgia. But LA, right. and I've been here my entire adult life. It's like, I would never call myself an Angelino. I just don't feel like I, I'm, we're not on a first name basis here. Uh, right. But but yeah, that was really the time I was like, oh, I'm making decisions on my own. And I'm doing right. my own consequences. This is kind of right. fun. Yeah. Uh, you mean nobody's going to bail me out? Crap. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the city of uh, what, right. broken dreams and bomb trees, right? Exactly. exactly. Yikes. Right. Uh, but, but Dave... I love to hang out with you, man. It was really cool to catch up and see. Absolutely. We get together and have and... a drink one of these days. Yeah, we got to do that. I'll be six feet apart if you want. I mean, I, I totally understand. <laughs> My mom's a nurse. I get it. <laughs> but if, if someone wanted to, to follow you online, to catch up with your projects, to learn more about what you're working on, how to go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, anytime, man, you want to get together or have me back on or whatever, I'd be more than happy to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I love the show, and it's like, it's it, you've got some pretty good funny stuff on here too, as well. I mean, because I know you do a lot of uh, serious content as well, but it's just kind of like, all right, you know, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now, but um, I've just got off work, man. My brain is totally fried. Oh, I'm so sorry. I got you. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a great show, and I wish you continued success, and hopefully we can get together soon and maybe grab that drink. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I want to, if I want to tell my people to come check you out, to follow you or stalk you, how do I go about doing that? <laughs> on Instagram, it's at Moxley Dave. And then you can look me up on Facebook. And then uh, I don't really have a huge social media presence. That's about the two things on there that, you know, come check me out if you want to see pictures of the kids or my my kids, our kids, all, all of our kids and uh, the, the fun places that we get to go to. Maybe if you have some questions about the places that I've been, give me a call or if you want to Hire me for a voice job. You know, definitely give me a call. And we'll discuss the uh, GVAA rates, what they are right now. <laughs>
Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. <laughs> <laughs>